It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough, the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Hello, everyone. Again, it's Wednesday, and it is truly the centerpiece of my week. I'm, as you know, thrilled to be doing this show, and there's something about the weekly commitment that has allowed me to, for me personally, to expand and grow and learn and help and give back and pay forward and all of those good things. And hopefully, some of you in return will receive and get help and learn and grow just the same. We're in this together, guys. Okay, now, today is a very important show, very important, and it's in honor of what happened in Paris this week. I don't think there's anyone out there that isn't aware of what went on and has tremendous amount of empathy and caring and uh, been thinking about it and for many different realms or many different directions and just everybody we have our heart there for the people okay now i'm going to talk a lot in just a minute about something but those of you who've listened to me a lot you probably will not be surprised with my approach to this there may be a few that will wonder or find it odd but in any case It comes from my heart, and it's truly, I think it's important to talk about and to give you all my perspective. You don't have to believe it. You know me. It's not about belief or disbelief. But I'm going to help everyone understand my perspective as well before I get into the healing. And the healing promises to be something very powerful, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. Anyway, before we begin, I do have some feedback from Robin, and the the feedback from Robin is related to the healing I did last week when, as you probably remember, those of you who've heard some of the shows, Robin has the son, Ryan, who has some very difficult mental issues and is currently in prison, and she's trying to figure out how, to, how she can gain the strength and the, the sense of self-connection enough so that she can, when Ryan gets out, that she can do what's best for her and for him without being so stressed and so upset about everything that she moves back into a drinking pattern, which she has. So she's an alcoholic and is currently on the wagon, but it's always when stress comes in her life, it's always a worry that that she could um, move back into the old drinking pattern. So 
she came to me and I worked on her and it was a very, very interesting healing. And this is her feedback and I'm giving it to you as I started to say because it really feeds into, it really kind of very well introduces what I'm going to be doing today. And this is what she says. There, she said there are a lot of things that struck her from the radio show, and the first was in the discussion before the healing of how we create situations in our lives that trigger the negative patterns we have planned to work on in this lifetime before we reincarnated, and that we will continue to create these situations in this and future lifetimes, if necessary, until the pattern is healed. She's really explaining it very well here. Then she goes on to say, this hit home so strongly with me in regards to my pattern with drinking alcohol to cope with uncomfortable feelings. It gave me a strong sense that I will simply continue to torture myself by using alcohol to cope with my life because situations will just keep arising that trigger the destructive pattern until the pattern is healed. So, ta-da, she says, stop torturing myself. Now, since she explained, since I explained this, or she says in her email, since you explained this, I felt that it is easier just to live with the uncomfortable feelings than to drink over them. And that's exactly what I've been doing, just experiencing the feelings and letting them pass through. Even though I sort of, sort of understood this about the way evolution works, there was something about the way you articulated it, articulated in that particular session that it just resonated within her to deep level and she had one of those aha moments and then she talked about the, the the issues that I brought up the failure the guilt and things like that that were core issues for her and she said she did get a, a great sense of the powerful light energy replacing those things and <clears throat> she said that my uh, being able to sense how past lives have contributed to her feelings in this life really made sense for her because she said she'd so wondered why she's plagued with these negative things about herself given that she grew up in a loving, supportive family. She has great friends. She has a nice house and a husband, and she's had a very successful career. But then she says, that I explained, which I remember that I did, that she had many past lives where she did not have the resources or resolve to make headway on problems that occurred in those lifetimes. And thus, it resulted in these pervasive feelings of failure that she carried into this life. So she said it makes sense that she would co-create this difficult situation that she has uh, regard in regarding to dealing with her son who's who is mentally has mental issues and because he triggers all of her feelings of failure inadequacy fear et cetera et cetera and and she's afraid she can't or won't be able to help him as much as she wants so she said it makes sense given the perspective of the soul and i'm I'm emphasizing that because that's what's going to lead me into my discussion for today before I do the healing. Now, she does say that after the healing, she was so filled with light and tired and, or exhausted that it was hard to tell what she had accomplished, accomplished. But she said in the next couple of days, she could start to feel the difference. The effects were subtle, but it was a lessening of worry and anxiety, a feeling of contentment and self-acceptance within her. And she said it's like, it's like, 
I describe where there's a peeling away of layers and she starts to feel a lightening of the load, so to speak. It's not gone completely, but it's lighter. It's not as dense for her as before. So she says she wants to go back and do the healing a few more times so that she can peel away a few more layers. And yay, that's great. I'm excited for her because that's that's so helpful. Okay. Now, the the healing I did for Robin and the discussion really helped her get this perspective of the bigger picture, the picture of the soul. And so the questions she had about her life, this life, started to make sense to her. She started getting some, some answers, so to speak. And so I wanted to paint a a visual picture for you. And I'm hoping each of you will follow along because this is going to be, I think, helpful for you to understand how the soul plays into our lives today. And then we can use that understanding to move into dealing with the situation in Paris and like situations. So I want everybody to imagine a huge wall, huge, like like the Sistine Chapel has a big wall or along the L.A. River. I know many of you are not from L.A., but there's a huge mural on the wall. It extends for blocks, and it's the history of L.A. So I want you all to imagine a huge wall. It could be mosaic. It could be painting. It could be whatever. But the depiction on this wall is the lives of one soul. And the reason it's huge is it's not just five lives or 50 lives, but there's a thousand lives on this wall. Now, the soul has probably lived tens and tens of thousands of lives because that's how many lives we've all lived. But it's just too hard for us to imagine tens of thousands of lives. So let's just imagine the thousand lives. And it's perhaps the most important lives for the soul that have the most impact in its evolutionary journey. And I'm talking about the human soul now. Now, each little depiction would be one small scene from each life. And it would be perhaps the scene would be perhaps the most significant element or uh, event of that life, the one that perhaps had the most impact. And there would be a thousand of these small scenes all over this wall. Now, within the picture, within the wall, as you look at it, you can see there are patterns that flow through, that that flow in the picture. There's patterns. There could be patterns of, say, many lives as a soldier that weaves around the wall. It's not straight. It's not necessarily vertical it, it's it's weaving in and out okay and there there would be many patterns so in that stream of the soldier there would be depictions of various scenes perhaps of soldier life now i'm making this very simple guys because these patterns are very complex but i want you to get the overall gist of how it works there may be another flow of or a pattern that weaves through the picture of being part of a family life with a mate and and children. So there would be a flow or a weaving of a pattern that you can follow 
through the uh, along the you know around the wall you can see the pattern of family life there could be a pattern of disasters where there are many uh, natural disasters and their hardships and losses in this pattern there could be another pattern of toil and suffering for example being in slavery or indentured servant or uh, a, something with great cruelty. There could be a pattern of abandonment and betrayal. You could see scenes of being killed or uh, hung or uh, stabbed in the back. There could be a pattern of devotion to the spiritual. Could be some spiritual lives weaving in through and around all of this. There could be a leadership pattern, perhaps one where you're part of a council or a council of elders or some sort of government or even royalty. There could also be a leadership pattern where where, where this particular soul was part of a society that dominated and controlled their people with fear and punishment and you know mistreatment. So what you see is just these patterns flowing through this gigantic picture. And the patterns cross one another. Sometimes they merge and then separate. Sometimes they, they cross right through. But they interact with one another. So when you're, say, a soldier, you may also have a family with children. You may be in a leadership pattern in a spiritual society where you're a priest or a priestess or a shaman or something like that. So these patterns do cross, do merge, do interact with one another. They aren't islands. It isn't just, okay, you're only doing this. I mean, look how complicated our lives are now. So I think you know exactly what I'm saying. Now, even though this is the pattern or the wall of one soul, please understand that um, we've all lived every type of life. We're all snowflakes because the lives that we've led are unique to us. I mean, the permutations and combinations of the so many situations and conditions that we've lived through means that there is no, not anyone even close to being matching us at the soul level. But overall, we've lived through similar common situations. We're all part of that human condition, and we've all gone through an enormous learning curve. We've all evolved from animals, and we're moving into the expanded clarity and awareness of what a true human is, and it takes eons of time, guys, eons. Okay, so this picture is basically the fabric of our lives. We all have had this huge energetic experience and we carry it with us we're not islands here in this life we come in as a part of this gigantic mosaic this gigantic picture okay and we have uh, in each life each person's life in the current life is an extension of all these patterns of the past now of course it depends on which pattern you choose to bring into this current life. You may not bring in all the patterns of the past. You may bring in one, bring in one or three or six or 26. 
every soul would determine what, when they're planning for the current life, which of the patterns are they going to bring in. Or occasionally we decide we're not going to deal with any of our patterns. We're exhausted. We're, we're just going to have a relatively calm life. And I mean, that's relative. And uh, we're not going to do a lot of work on ourselves in that life. We do that sometimes. Sometimes we have some such difficult series of lives, we come in and just enjoy. And it isn't about a big learning curve. However, on this planet now, many of the souls here are literally using the opportunity, which I've spoken about in the past, are using the opportunity with the energies here in order to really uh, learn, heal, balance, etc., whatever pattern they're wanting to deal with. Okay, so we, we come in, we're an extension of the patterns of the past. Maybe we're a soldier again in this life. Maybe we have a lot of suffering and cruelty in our lives. Maybe we're leaders. Maybe we're followers. Maybe we're abused. Maybe whatever. We, whatever we are is an extension. Our self-identities, our belief systems, everything we are, we've, we're an extension of what we carry in with us. We don't activate everything. We can't activate everything. But we pick and choose what we're going to be dealing with or learning or growing from. Now, what you, what I do, which is, as many of you would understand since you listen to the show, is that I, when somebody requests a healing, I find out where they're unhappy, where they're dissatisfied, and then I'm looking for that pattern. I'm looking for the flow of one or three or ten patterns that bring and create what's dissatisfying in this current life. What, even though in this picture there's only one scene, uh, because that's the nature of the image that I'm giving you, the analogy is limited. You know, you can't paint the entire life on a wall and have a thousand lives. So, but it, but what I do is I look at the pattern. So if it's a pattern of suffering, what's, what caused it? Where does that come from? I'm looking at, I'm doing a soul scan to seek out the, the flow that has ended up manifesting an issue or issues or something really um, difficult in this life. So that's what I do. Okay. Now, this is what happened for Robin. She couldn't understand why she, because she had such a nice family, good husband, everything was good, why she had all these difficulties. And she began to see that, she began to understand the bigger picture, that there was something that she was, the poor feelings about herself, the idea of failure and all of that, that she came in to deal with it. She built a system in this life of support. She came in with a very supportive family. She came in, made a good living, uh, married well, happy. It was later in life when her son became, I think she said it started at 18, that the problem started coming. And she couldn't figure it out. Now she sees, see, we all bring in the issues. We all decide when we're going to trigger our patterns. Every soul does it at different timings, some right away from childhood, some teenager, some 20s, 30s, 50s, 70s. So 
she might have brought it in a little later, but she built a support system, so it helped her to, and still helping her, to find her way through to the healing. So she got this bigger picture feeling, and that's, that's great, and that's what I'm trying to um, trying to get get you guys to understand that we're very very complex. That the bigger picture is very complicated. At any point in time, we could be enmeshed in one pattern or many at the same time. So what happens? Here's the question, guys. What happens when we take just one of the scenarios? Or just symbolically lift one of those lights off the wall. Let's just take one life. We have now no context, no bigger picture, and no understanding about what happened with that person. This is where we are for the most part today in our life. This is where Robin was. She didn't understand her life and what happened in its complexity. She, she just had so many questions. Well, why, why, why? until she got a part of the bigger picture. Now, is there an even bigger picture than the one I gave Robin? Of course. So sometimes we only get a little sense of stuff, which is what happened, but it was enough to answer for her some of the questions that she's had. But when we have just one life, one scenario, one part of that wall, it's as if we're taking one piece of a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle and looking at it, the puzzle isn't done yet. We've not seen the cover of the puzzle box. And we pick one random piece of puzzle, and we're trying to see what the picture is based on how that piece looks. Well, we could guess all day long, correct? And not even come close. Maybe we pick up some a piece of puzzle that just literally has blue on it. Okay. What could that be? And we could guess all day what it is. What what does that mean? What's the puzzle going to look like? And and it could be anything from you know an underwater sea, ocean scene to a sunset where there's a little piece of blue sky left to you know a blue that's part of a car and in an urban environment, an urban setting. So you have cars and buildings and roads. And you don't even see the sky, but you can see the cars, and it's one piece of a car. So there's so much that we don't know when we look at one life, one piece of the puzzle. We don't know very much. And it's the same way for every single human being on this planet. We don't know. No matter where someone is in life, no matter how they present we don't know the larger picture for those people. We don't know it for ourselves. How can we know it for someone else, right? Because the pattern is encompasses so many vast experiences. You don't, we don't know even now what we came here to learn and grow. We figure it out. And I've explained to you, and Robin said that, that we trigger the patterns in the current life. The, the soul level is what we want to deal with. If they don't get triggered, we don't know. It's something, it's something we want to deal with. We're done with that pattern. We're ready to get rid of it. We want to heal it. We want to bring it into a state of balance. We want to dissolve it, however you want to phrase it. 
we don't know, even when the pattern is triggered, sometimes we just get caught up in the, the pattern itself and we operate on automatic pilot. It it may be that we are not in a situation or condition where we have access to ways to resolve the pattern. I talk about this in my in my book, my second book, uh, Soul Psychology, which you guys know. There's a scenario, a story in there of some souls who have patterns they want to deal with, and not only do they deal with situation to to bring in the situations to trigger the patterns, but they also make sure they're in a place, in an environment, in a society where they can find the solutions once they become aware and determined to heal. So, But some souls, they think they have found that or perhaps they didn't pay enough enough time and attention to, to bring that in or the pattern themselves and isn't that way? Isn't it the way for all of us that the, that sometimes we get so caught up in the emotionalizing, in the trauma or in the drama, that it never it just takes us over, and we don't even say to ourselves, you know, what can we do? We maybe lie in bed for weeks, and then we take some antidepressants to get out of bed, just literally to take care of our kids again or go back to work. Just handling the the, the what's been triggered itself can be so overwhelming. We don't necessarily move out to get help, or even when we do, there may not be much help available. Now on this planet with the Internet and so much is out there, you know, it's getting easier and easier to find help. But still, there are many, many areas in the world that that would not have access to that help. In any case... I'm taking the time to discuss this today and, and because of the events in Paris. I want to work on healing this situation, but I want everybody to understand that there's two simplistically or um, just to find a way to uh, make it, you know, a little easier to, to wrap our minds around. There are basically two elements here. We have the victims the souls that were in the theater, that were uh, wherever that was shot or uh, held a hostage or maybe uh, one of the bombs uh, killed them. So we have the victims, and then we have the family and friends of the victims. And then we have those who perpetrated the event, the, the ones that came and did the shooting and killing. So we have the victims and we have the victimizer. Now, I want you to understand, no matter which camp those souls are in, those souls all chose the scenario. I know this is hard to swallow, but they all chose at the free will level the scenarios to activate their patterns for whatever reason. And each soul involved on whichever side would have had their own unique individual reasons that we would have no clue about because we are literally looking at one event in that person's life and not understanding the bigger picture at all. It's just like we picked up that puzzle piece and we don't have a clue. Why would someone choose to be shot in a theater? Why would somebody choose to be the perpetrator of such violence? We don't know. We don't have the bigger picture. 
But what I can tell you is that each soul on both sides needs healing. They've come in and they're manifesting patterns, even though we may not get the full understanding of the patterns, they're manifesting patterns that at the soul level that they've chosen to manifest. It is that free will is at the soul level, guys. Clearly no one in the theater said consciously, oh, I'm going to the theater night because I want to be shot. It isn't a conscious decision at the mind level. Those kind of decisions are made at the soul level. So both sides need help. Both sides need healing. Both sides are in the throes of their pattern. Okay? So I am going to be healing both sides. Each and every soul not only is each each and every soul deserves to be helped. There is no such thing as evil. Okay? We've all had lives where we have been perpetrators of violence. If you look at this planet, you can see that there are many, many scenarios where people in the leadership, even spiritual leaders, perpetrated cruelty and you know inhumanity to man in the name of God or in the name of country or the name of family. We've all been and acted in violent ways because that was the nature of the culture and the society that we were in. So it's important for you and all of us to wrap our heads around as best we can, as best we can, doesn't mean we can, but give it a try, to understand that we don't know the scenarios. We do not know the flow of the pattern for those gunmen who came in and killed so many of the French. We don't know. We don't know why the souls that chose to be killed, that chose to be wounded, that chose to be part of this event, even if they didn't die. We don't know what their patterns were, why they made those choices. But what we do know is that this is a a very extreme pattern. This means there's some serious healing for all of these souls that needs to be done. Now, when we talk about healing the the gunmen it is not about letting them off the hook i'm not part of the law i'm not saying that they don't need need to be found or um, answer to their actions i'm not saying that but what i am saying is that whatever the reasons behind what they did that come those come from the past patterns, and they got caught up, whatever was triggered, they got caught up and reenacted or uh, whatever they did related to their pattern. We need to heal them as well as everyone who was hurt. We need to do both sides. Understand that whatever healing we do now, we're not going to repeat the patterns. Remember Robin said, I re- finally got it. Well, if I don't kind of figure this out, I'm just going to keep repeating it. And that's exactly why. E- exactly right. So we want to heal the patterns that are driving the terrorists 
as much as we want to heal the patterns that brought those people to be to make those choices of uh, dying in this extreme way. Do you, do you understand? I think you do. I'm pretty sure everybody would understand. I hope so. And if you have any questions, please email me. Um, so it's not about taking away responsibility and saying they aren't responsible. It's about saying they are responsible for their own patterns, their own lives, just as you and I and everyone else we know are responsible. And just as I help those that come and they have patterns of feelings of failure or they have patterns of mental illness or they have patterns of whatever, I help them neutralize all those energy energetic causes. It's the same with these guys. They're just and they're just been caught up into a much more extreme result. And so it's no different, guys. Each and every soul deserves to be healed. Each and every soul, no matter how big, no matter how extreme, no matter how, quote-unquote, bad it looks, each soul deserves to get help. So, so that's that's basically what I'm <laughs> trying to say. Now, I don't know why the gunmen chose to be gunmen. I don't know why the victims chose to die. I don't know. Maybe when we do the healing, because I'm, I'm doing it on both parties, maybe some of the reasons will come to fruition or come out and some of the releasing will happen. That's what I'm hoping because, I mean, I have some theories, but I know that uh, I always learn so much more once I get into frequency and do the healing itself. But today, we're going to heal, uh, work to heal both sides, the victims and the victimizers, the terrorists and those who were killed or hurt, not only for Paris, but from all over the world. So there's going to be an interesting, the, the higher self have already flashed me the picture. So all of the listeners will be on the rim about, you know, hopefully now famous wheel. <laughs> Not that it makes any difference, but there are going to be two two hubs in the center. One will be with the terrorists or the victimizers, and the other will be with the victims. But around each of those hubs is going to be an outside circle. So that, and the outside circle will be others. So we're going to be working specifically on Paris because it's too hard just logistically for my brain to work on every terrorist and every victim, even in the last few years, let alone history. So there will be an outside rim with everyone else. It's going to be humongous, but of course I have to keep it small just to be able to see it. But you're going to un- you have to understand there's going to be so many people involved in this healing. So, okay. I just got to get something to drink and then I'm going to get started. So while I'm getting started, I want everybody to get themselves comfortable and understand that the life now that we live is one of those pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. We're not going to understand how it all fits in with the soul. We don't have to have full understanding. The higher selves don't expect it. They they, they never uh, say, oh, well, too bad. You can't heal your pattern. 
everybody knows where they're unhappy, and that's where you start. That's where you start, and over time, you'll start to get, even if you don't have someone like me helping you, you know, see the pattern, or maybe you don't have a, uh, any past life information, but you'll, you'll be surprised what will start to come up for yourself. You'll start to wonder, wow, gosh, that feels like, you know, maybe I had a life as this, that, or the other, or maybe I had many lives. Once you hear a lot of the examples that come up in the healings, you're going to start to piece things together for yourself. Will we ever have much more than a patchwork? Probably not. As much as I've done, I feel like maybe I know about a tenth of my soul's journey. But keep in mind, we bring up the most important things, the perfect storm lives. For these individuals, for the terrorists and for the victims, the, um, it's like a perfect storm for, for both sets. To, to get killed, that's pretty much the extreme result of a pattern. And same with the terrorists. To be in that position, some of them also got killed. So we we know it, these, these, uh, this life for those two sets is extremely, extremely significant and important and needs some very, very deep healing. I'm just drinking a little water. So while I'm drinking a little water, <clears throat> the thing about the show, just talking all the time. Um <clears throat> So I need to drink water. Okay. And uh, so now I want everyone to, of course, get themselves comfortable. And we're going to get started. I just want everyone to begin just with a simple focus on my voice and the to help us bring that focus of attention in. And it's that focus of attention that's going to allow us to set up the now moment by quieting the minds, by allowing all those thoughts to just dissipate, disappear, and bring in that focus. We are activating that this now moment, and it's an energetic field, and I see it. Oh, my gosh, it's so huge because they're already, the higher selves have already set it up just what I described. Now, we are going to continue to focus on this energetic field of the now moment and expand it. Now, because there are just so many individuals here, it's just gone way out of my field of vision. I can't I can't wrap my brain around the size of the forever now moment, but it is encompassing the totality of the past, present, and future nows for each and every soul. And now that you understand a little bit more of the the bigger picture of a soul, and picturing that wall of only a thousand lives of ten thousand of the human, ten thousand plus of the human experience, let alone all the mineral, planet, animal, and beyond experiences, honestly, this forever now moment is so big. I'm literally unable to wrap my brain around it. I'm kind of having to, you know, shrink it down so that I can at least get a sense of it. Now, all of us, the listeners, past, present, and future, are around the rim of this wheel. And 
we're, we're activating the rainbow bridge energy subconsciously. It's already actually been in place because I do it every week. So it comes in now. The higher selves activate it um, almost in, in anticipation. And so it is activated. And it's a little weird because this particular wheel has two hubs, as I mentioned. So forget the wheel analogy. It's just a big circle with two hubs in the center. And the hubs are made up of that rainbow bridge energy and we're all activated it. It's it's become the spokes and the, the mini lines that connect everybody and who knows exactly how all of that works. I'm not worried about that. But but also around each one of these hubs is another circle. So the these circles are within the bigger circle, at least in my symbol. Okay, but the circle around the hubs is very thick, and it's it's each one is very thick. It's as if the hub is rather small, and the circle around the hub is really big, because we're calling in all. Oh my gosh, we're calling in all victims of this kind of extreme pattern and all victimizers and there's many on both sides many and i see it going back through the ages i'm seeing the crusades on here i'm seeing the world wars on here i'm seeing local conflicts like civil wars and revolutionary wars and all sorts of things like that there are um so there are even wars on here, which which is surprising me. But I'm seeing it, and the the because I guess because it's extreme situations where you have both sides of the conflict. You have the perpetrators, or not the perpetrators, but the this is violence often on both sides in a war. So I'm not really sure exactly, but this seems to have expanded way beyond just. The terrorism, maybe because terrorism is so tied and so connected to war in general. Uh, okay, and it's also fed very much by the same patterns. Okay, I see that. I understand that. The there the the whole terrorist thing of well, we're going to get into it into it during the healings, but I think you know what I mean that that a lot of what feeds into terrorism is also what feeds into war. And so in essence, we're healing sort of this gigantic thing. Okay, all right. Well, I know the higher selves would not bring it if it weren't something that we could handle. So, you know, I'm asking for all of you around the rim of the wheel, whether you're a current listener or a uh, archive listener, to please join your light in with all of this. And you know, probably we're standing on one or both of these hubs as well because all of us have had lives in wars. All of us have had lives where we've perpetrated violence or had violence perpetrated upon us. We've all been victimizers. We've all been victims. So this, um, okay, well, in essence, there, you know, it's everything. It's everybody, okay, at least on this planet. Thank you for, for only doing this planet because 
I really couldn't handle anything bigger than this, I don't think. Um, I'm, I will activate the idea that whatever energies we send to the, to the individuals that we're healing today here from this planet, that those energies then go on. I'm asking that the higher selves then take those energies out into the universe and the essence uh, what I'm getting immediately is that that would have happened anyway. Now that we focus the the consciousness on it, though, we empower that and and actually um, increase the amount that is sent out. So you don't even have to keep that in mind. That is going to happen. Okay. So now we're we're all present. We're all standing uh, around the rim, and I want us all now to focus on that incredible pure soul essence light we have within that divine sunlight or symbolic sunlight that we carry and i want everyone to just begin to to pulse that light out and i'm seeing it fill the center of the circle it's filling that circle that's what i'm seeing now it's as, almost as if the light can't help itself it needs to move in to to become one with and merge with all of the individuals and all of the patterns and all of the the trauma and, and difficulties that are at the center of this circle. But the light, I want it also to permeate and, and uh, fill the forever now moment. As large as it, as it is, we can fill that forever now moment. We can activate the the light too from each and every person involved in the healing in the center um, on the two hubs we want to we want to amalgamate with the totality of the pure soul essence of every soul and fill this forever now moment with that light and it is brilliant and it feels like it's shining through the universe bigger than all bigger than a million suns. I mean, it is amazing, this light. It is amazing because, in fact, it's more than a million suns. It's billions of suns, the, the symbolic suns of the pure soul essence of every individual. Remember, no matter where they are, where we are, no matter what's happening in our lives, whether we think it's good, bad, or indifferent, we all carry that pure soul essence. And so that pure soul essence is just brilliant and, and filling this circle, this forever now moment, amalgamating and become, becoming one with the totality of all the souls. Well, I guess it's actually kind of bringing tears to my eyes because it feels like there's literally every soul on the planet is here. And there's souls also here that are out of body, that are part of this. They are part of the planetary um, system in a way. And we just have literally billions of souls that we're working on. Oh, okay. So the last step is to bring this gigantic energetic field into to become one with the originating source of all there is, moving it into the womb of originating source, allowing that creative life force energy to be empowering and helping uh, move the souls uh, forward, upward, expanding, empowering, as I said, to help that side while we work on dissolving and neutralizing the 
the pattern itself, the negative aspects, the part that that is so uh, upsetting, so traumatic, so painful, so so traumatic, everything, while we dissolve all of that. And there is a lot to do. And and I'm calling in, I forgot to actually call in because the higher selves are here, but I want to consciously call in the conglomerate of all of the higher selves that are in charge, that are part of the souls uh, that already carry their own higher selves, but also the higher selves that are in charge of souls that don't yet have their own higher self aspects. Um, so we're and any other higher selves from any other realm or direction that would care to join with us and I just feel this massive amount of help here massive amount remember with all of this divine energy present we can't make a mistake we aren't going to hurt or harm we're not going to make it worse and if we go to heal the elbow as I always say and it's just the knee that needs heals or not just but it is the knee kneel knee that needs healing the knee is going to get the healing not the elbow so even if i misspeak misinterpret miss misstate uh misdirect the energies will go exactly where they need to go we aren't controlling the healing each and every soul that is part of this healing will make the decision whether to take it in to utilize it to manifest it or not and each and every soul will take in as much or as little and any realm in between as it wishes. So we can't force. We're not controlling. We are amalgamated with the divine energies and we offer and if they if at the free will level they are willing to take it in, they will. So everybody be rest assured, despite the huge <laughs> The huge task we've been given, despite the huge task that we are, we're we're all okay. We are not going to hurt anyone. So, all right. So, what I am seeing, and, and the interesting thing is, I'm seeing it on both. You know, this is this is going to be interesting. Which one am I going to focus on first or second? What I immediately got was I got a symbol of snakes. Now, um, I see it on both platforms. It's it's a symbol, remember. It's not really snakes, but it's the writhing action that I'm seeing, the writhing action of the pain and suffering and the, the misunderstandings, the, the darkness of the confusion or the the darkness of the pain it, it, they're they're like these black writhing snakes, and it's just a, a beginning of a symbol to give you the picture of all of the complex because it's so writhing of just tons and hundreds and hundreds or thousands of snakes writhing on each platform, and because they're just it's so complex and it's so painful, and no snake it, it, it's it's all those patterns interweaving and all the complexity and all the pain. Oh, my gosh. So I want to just begin by allowing, um, first of all, I want to symbolically allow the platform to get bigger. Okay? We want the platform to enlarge. And 
and whatever whatever I do on the platform is happening automatically on those for those souls on the outer the outer rims of each platform. I'm I'm not able to it's hard enough to divide my focus on two separate platforms, but not four, you know, the outer rim for each of the two. So uh whatever's happening on the one platform for each uh is happening on the outer rim. Okay? Okay. And actually this is interesting. There are souls on both sides. There's definitely souls on both sides. It's it's not two camps. Okay? We've all experienced both sides, or most of us have. Of course, we can never say always and never, but most of us have experienced both sides. And as a result, there's elements in the symbol of all of us from both sides. And the ones that are on there um, that are mainly um, populating, say, the victimizer side, they're also uh, on the victim side. Because these two patterns are two sides of the same coin, in essence, and okay, well, that's that's interesting. And so, a lot of what I'm going to see for both sides is because it is two sides of the same coin. The pattern can be either way because a lot of the underpinnings, a lot of the causes, are present for both sides. Okay, so I'm enlarging the platform. Why? To give the the, the, the snakes space. I don't know why, but they're just so piled up on one t- one another. It's as if the platform was too small to hold them. And so it made it even more complex, more uh, uh, more of a, a massive amount of energy. There was no space there. I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but that was immediately what I wanted to do. And now I'm seeing the snakes actually... Instead of being entwined with one another, they're moving a little bit. They're moving out so that they actually have space. And the this is this is a, a good thing because um, the the essence it means that the the energies of frustration, the energies of feeling trapped. There's a lot of there was a lot of trapped feeling. So I want everyone to start to help with the to the to release being feeling trapped to feeling um, almost like if you're a snake, you have to act like a snake. And so the, a lot of these patterns were the self-identities of where they saw themselves. So if they saw them in the, the snake pattern of being a victim, they became the victim. They acted out of that place. That's what was expected of them. That's what they were told. That's what they had experienced in many different lives. And they take on the role of being a victim. And it's the same for the victimizer. They have pattern of a snake of where they've had many lives where they were placed in positions of perhaps authority to be the hangman, to be the, the soldier that, uh, that, that killed others or to be the 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 judge and the jury they were the ones that you know the leader that decided which of the con- who in the conflict gets beheaded and which gets the you know to marry the the king's daughter you know we've all played out all of these roles and these souls have played them out to such an extent that they've taken on the the identity of the snake, whether it's the the snake identity of the victim or the snake identity of the terrorist, that's almost as if they had no choice because 
they chose coming in, they did have choice because they chose coming in to activate the pattern, but the pattern was so strong for both these 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 sides, the pattern was so strong that they just followed they just followed it. It would have been very difficult if you are in a pattern of a snake to become a mouse or to become a dog or to become something else, whatever. And so they, it's so automatic pilot. Okay, so that's somehow in the space, that clearing, well, first of all, more light can get in. There's there's more, we're just going to keep focusing the light on these patterns and on these, this picture, this, this ridiculous but very uh, powerful image that I'm getting. And it is beginning to change. First of all, the snake pit kind of feeling of all of those writhing snakes is now out, uh, been not out, but been uh, smoothed out. It's opened up. Now I feel like I can attend to more of what each individual snake or what's going on with these snakes. So, um, of course, I see a tremendous amount of pain and suffering on both sides. Agonies eons of agony on both sides. On one side, so we want to begin to release the pain and the suffering. On the one side with the victims, a lot of the victim pattern is that they deserve it, that they're bad, they're sinners, they're evil, they're, they, they've done some terrible thing, they've failed, they've uh, hurt others in some way. And so there's a big belief system here of needing to atone, needing to be punished, needing to experience, you know, maybe somebody uh, before that uh, were on the victimizer side, which is what happened. They followed along in a society and did what was expected of them because they were a snake on the victimizer side, but they begin to regret their actions and take on shame, take on misunderstandings, take on blame, blaming the self, and then they start to believe, well, the only way perhaps they could believe, the only way I can forgive myself is to atone or to experience what it was that I did. And each individual snake has different reasons. Everybody has their own different reasons, but at the bottom of it is is a lot of pain and suffering and shame. And there's pain and suffering and shame also on the victimizer, in the victimizer side. There is absolutely no coincidence that both of these platforms that the snake showed up on both platforms these souls have been in both places they carry very very similar similar patterns now the victimizer um for whatever reason may have been victims i'm just giving you some examples may have been a victim in many lives and decided you know they wanted to get even they wanted revenge revenge is a very powerful emotion and a very um, uh, one that's been around as part of the human condition. We've all had feelings of revenge. Maybe we haven't acted on it, but we've certainly been part of revenge, you know, eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth kind of societies uh, many times in our sojourn. So the rage from being a victim over and over again would often propel 
someone who's experienced tremendous victimhood into the victimizer role, trying to self-empower, trying to get justice, trying to give back, to make somebody else suffer, you know, make perhaps some revenge kind of thing. So all of that, we want to, um, we want to have all of that released too. And actually, I'm seeing the snake color change. So some of this is actually happening. I know it seems quick, but there's so many of us sending light. There is so much light, so much help. Uh, I also see Jane and company here because there are a lot of people that are have crossed over, that have already laid aside the body, that are part of this healing. So we have a lot of help here. And so the there is a lot of release. there, And, and those that are... Because there are some, I'm picking up some, that are resistant. They are resistant to allowing the energy in only because they don't understand it. Or they are approaching it as the either-or thing. Or uh, they think that if some somebody heals, that they get left off the hook and they don't have to be responsible for their actions. And so there's this misunderstanding that can be behind um, individuals that are a little bit feeling a little bit funny about joining in and really taking on the healing as, you know, full bore. And I do see a few on the victim side and a few on the victimizer side. A few on the victim side are ones that feel so worthless, so nothing, so uh, undeserving that they they don't believe they deserve to get any help. They believe they need to sit in the pain and the suffering because that's what they deserve. It's a very, very deep self-punishment pattern. You know, I've seen those before. They're not uncommon at all. And, you know, just the the where on the continuum is different for everybody. In this case, it's so deep. And so I want specifically everyone to begin to focus in and allow the light to begin to neutralize the this depth of feeling the, of the worthlessness and the need to self-punish, to self-punish. It, in a lot of ways, I feel like survivor guilt is here. Um, there, there could have been times, either in this life or certainly in past lives, where they didn't get what they thought they deserved. Maybe loved ones did, uh, got, got hurt or got killed or got something. And the survivor of those things, no matter whether it was from a mother nature or from uh, from other individuals, felt survivor guilt. And it's really deep. It's, it's really deep. So I want the survivor guilt to be let go. The idea that they, why them? They aren't, you know, the belief that they don't, didn't deserve it. They aren't as good a person. And, and why would the gods or God or whatever the question is, why would they let them stay alive and not their other family members, not their babies? They're so innocent. Why would they be killed? And so there's a whole bunch of survivor guilt here playing into the victim pattern, playing into the, the punishment pattern and the feeling of need to uh, to atone or the need to um, bring in such an extreme thing. It's as if it's the souls, some of the souls, and again, each soul is different, but some of the souls, is enough here that I can see this pattern. Some of them feel like they want to be erased from existence. Yeah. 
They may not feel that at the conscious level, and I do not mean to imply it, but deep down there is a nugget that believes that if they just didn't exist, the pain would go away, their shame would go away, their guilt would go away, the suffering would go away, and they would just, they just, it's as if they wanted to be snuffed out of existence. Yikes. So, now some people who had that kind of pattern or that kind of belief system might lead a life that was full of depression and despair. These individuals, they followed a different path. And they wanted to literally be snuffed out. And that's what happened. They got killed. So the victim side has, has got all of that. And I want everyone to begin to release as much as possible of that for yourself and to send in the light to help. And I want the, the, the light with the, the symbolic smart bombs that they come in and really find all those deep roots, find the deep belief systems, the self-identities, the, the lacks. Everything that's that's I'm reading off of this victim platform, and and I am actually now that I've focused on this one platform. Of course, many of those um, belief systems would be part of the other platform too, as we now know. But I just it's too hard for me to split my attention. So, but I am seeing the quote unquote snakes on this platform change. It's as if the snakes are evolving themselves. I see them sort of moving into being small mammals, okay? They're not high up on the uh, evolutionary, mammal evolutionary tree, but they've evolved into mammals and they're small and they are, they have legs. Now, this is, they're, they're little mammals like gerbils or something and, and rabbits and, and things, little, but they have mobility, they have legs, they are more um, varied and more, um, they have more options than a snake that doesn't have legs, so that the sprouting of legs symbolically is actually a good thing. <laughs> That's the indication that I get, that, that it's, um, it enables them to to expand their territory, expand their awareness, and so that's going on. And so when, while that is happening over there, I'm moving over to the those souls who have played out the role of the terrorists, and I'm seeing the same very very dark place here. Um, this this these very deep deep dark wells of pain and suffering. Um, there's a whole thing here about justice. Now, um, the these souls are, and I, if certainly not all of them, but there's enough of them here that I'm getting this sense that there's, there's a, a belief system here that many of them carry that uh, about justice. And if you think about all the different cultures around the world, all the different historical societies, you know, in history, in the past, um, justice was a big theme, and it was interpreted based on whoever was the ruling class, whether it was a spiritual leader or a, a, a lay reader, a lay leader, you know, like uh, in a government or a council, that the idea of justice was determined by the people in, and the culture, so, for example, some cultures, uh, there's the eye for the eye, tooth for the tooth. Other cultures, 
they put the priorities on the 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 badness of crime, so to speak. Like I know there were some, um, uh, I believe there were some Indian tribes that if you kill the man, you may not be punished at all. But if you kill the horse, you could be killed. Or uh, if you stole a horse, you could have your hands cut off or something. I mean, I don't remember now all the details. But the, each culture, each society, each time period, each place around the world defined their, what was just and what was unjust. And so the there is tremendous amount of confusion on the platform of the victimizers about justice because they we've all been in so many lives where it was defined differently and so we want to really begin to have this this the souls on this platform and of course every other soul that has carries this pattern to begin to release to seriously release the ideas of justice and all the confusion about it what is just and then and then based on those beliefs what what happens is you get self-righteousness because if you're told from the time you were a little girl or a little boy about right and wrong based on the definition of the culture and the society around you um, no matter what the time period is you're going to grow up having taken it in having it role modeled having it either by osmosis or actually taught to you so you take on this idea of justice in various societies and then um, it creates the need to 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 meet out justice often there's often opportunities or times in many lives where we become the the, the judge and the jury and the executioner so that's that's what's going on here there's a lot of distortion around judgment justice based on the confusion of all the different cultures so let's continue to have the light move in and work on the confusion the misunderstandings the conflicts about justice because honestly there's so many different ways of looking at justice what is right what is wrong what is fair it's this you know this polarity kind of thinking this is just and this is unjust the polarity kind of thinking is part of the human condition and I have talked about it on the radio before uh, I see uh, often the polarities within people's patterns and so sometimes out of the confusion we might pick to live a life where there is no confusion about what's right and wrong we might pick to find a life where it's absolute we're so tired of our confusion we're so tired of messing up because we can't get it right that we pick a situation where there is no question now I don't know if any of these people on the victimizer side picked it for that reason but it's a possibility that some would because when we're we have this we're being driven by our confusion by the injustices that we have witnessed that we have experienced uh, that's the other thing is that we've experienced injustice how often do we say gee that that wasn't fair what well, wasn't my fault why did I get this that or the other so it's all of that mixed in with it's not my fault it's not fair and all of the questions 
it's not my fault, it's not fair, why did this happen to me, you know, uh, I'm falsely accused, I'm falsely attacked, and and all of that bitterness is in here. There's a lot of bitterness, a lot of resentment, a lot of absolute rage, rage, a lot of rage, a lot of rage here, and the rage is almost... It's like burning them inside, burning them alive. And, and certainly not everyone, but I'm seeing enough of it to know that it's part of, in different amounts, this rage is really here. And it's a lot of it is based on the feelings of the injustice and also the confusion. Um, because many of these souls, in fact, in different lives, did try to do the right thing. These these souls, as I said, we've got one little piece of the jigsaw puzzle. We don't have the full picture. And many of these souls have tried many times in many lives to do the right thing. And they've been ended up getting hurt, punished, exiled, imprisoned, or whatever. And so their sense of it's not fair, it's unjust, the rage is huge, so we really we really have to um, understand that we're just seeing the the life, the action in this one perfect storm moment where they move in and they shoot others. But behind it is a tremendous amount of this rage, a tremendous amount of feeling of injustice and it's unfair, and that I've had to suffer. I've had to suffer, so other people need to suffer. This whole idea of revenge, and it's all part of the human condition. We all carry it, and some get a bigger dose of this kind of thing that gives birth to it, or some people have dealt with other patterns in their lives and haven't dealt with this much, and so this is still a very hot-button pattern. But here on this planet, it's an opportunity to trigger the pattern and move into it. Um, or, okay, 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 okay. So the other thing is that this this side also carries a great deal of lack of self-worth. Just so much of the depth also of not having any worth, being worthless. And so um, that despair, that sense of, okay, wait a minute, I just lost it for a second. That despair and that worthlessness also feeds into the victimizer pattern. Ah, okay, I I got it. Thank you. Okay, so it also feeds into the victimizer pattern because they become easily manipulated uh, they the when you have something that we you know it's like women who uh, are in abusive situations and they have people that you know the the mate uh, or the pat, pat partner is abusive and uh, cruel and uh, controlling and all of that and the the lack of self worth from the the woman is um, like fuel for the mate. They, the, those two patterns fit together like a glove. And the worthlessness of the these victimizers 
is a a a a point or a place where the the those who teach or um, encourage this kind of behavior they go it's it's as if they they sense the jugular they sense the weakness we see it in a lot of areas we see it in cults we see it all over the place where when people don't feel good about themselves bring them a leader bring them somebody who knows what it is, who knows the story, who knows the answers, who knows what justice is, who knows what this world is about, who knows those people feel start to feel important because they've been reached out for, they've been brought in, they become part of a brotherhood, they've been, become part of a bigger, meaningful venture. So they're almost starved for attention, they're starved for meaning, they're starved for... Uh, um, feeling good about something. And so we want to release also on this side the whole idea of worthlessness and also the the pattern of being vulnerable to being controlled. Now, of course, that's also true on the other side. So these patterns are being released from both sides. So it's just they play out differently. They have a different face, different details. But the pattern of worthlessness is so similar on both sides. It's so similar. So we're going to continue. I'm still working on because I want to see the snake image shift on the victimizer side. But I'm still working on these patterns, the patterns of uh, worthlessness and the being... um, vulnerable to being controlled and manipulated and also the starvation for meaning who would have thought that guys that victimizers terrorists a lot of what drives them and would they be able to consciously say that something a lot of what drives them is the need for meaning and camaraderie and to be part of a community it reminds me of what we know about gangs that a lot of the 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 guys kids move into gangs because they feel part of a team they feel part of something a band of brothers so to speak and so the it's very it's very much part of what's driving this these people who get to be victimizers Ooh. Well, I am now looking at the snake image, and the writhing is there's it's spread the snakes are more spread out, but the writhing is still very intense, and I want the energy of divine serenity, divine calm, divine understanding, divine forgiveness, divine love, and divine worth to please become active on this um platform to try to help the snakes on the platform, symbolic snakes, release some of the pain and the suffering because it is very deep and very entrenched and very painful. And I do see that the writhing has has slowed down. They, the the snakes are they are much more calm. They aren't as dark as they were when I first saw the symbol. Um, what else is needed and necessary here? I don't. I do like to see the symbols change. 
Okay, the higher selves are indicating that, and you've heard me say this, when a soul is holding on to a pattern because there's an element of the pattern that keeps them safe, it's often more difficult to get the soul to allow a pattern to release because it may be a self-defense uh, mechanism. It may be a coping mechanism. It may be something, but there's something about that coping mechanism, like the hiding pattern where we hide and we dim our light <clears throat> and we <clears throat> repress our expression. We do that <coughs> excuse me, because in some lives, shutting up and keeping in the background keeps us safe. If we keep out of prison, uh, we keep our jobs, we keep our place in the court so that we can uh, still be fed and have uh, have food for our families, whatever it is. And what's happening here is that the higher selves are indicating to me that they aren't shifting quite as fast because there is an element here of its safety, of safety. Okay, there's an element here of safety in their this pattern that they've chosen because they feel they have the upper hand. All that vulnerability that was so difficult uh, before, all that feeling of vulnerability, they don't feel vulnerable here. They feel more in control, more uh, more empowered. There's a sense of empowerment. As, as, as much as they feel that they are worthless, they, they are finding their empowerment in the idea that it's safer. They aren't the ones that are going to get shot up in the theater. They aren't the ones. There is this element of banding together safety in numbers, safety in violence. Interesting concept, guys. But there is a sense here of protecting the self, and it really does feel um, very massive, very much a part of this pattern and I'm wondering I, I it feels like it's a tremendous block to the resolving or the dealing with uh, people who have moved into this kind of extreme pattern so I want everyone to begin let's just visualize over the snakes like a steel cage or a steel uh, barrier now, the barrier isn't there to keep the snakes in. It's to keep the quote-unquote evil out. Because in their minds, remember, the um, they feel safe. They feel safe from being hit or being attacked from outside. It's, it's as if there's this safety, this barrier here. And um, they feel very righteous, very justified. Uh, they have that revenge thing. They have that meaning because they're all in this together. So I want everyone to just begin to send in to that barrier just light, lots of light. And maybe we'll use that jackhammer image. I know that Robin really loved. I don't know if I said it, but she said in her email that she loved the jackhammer image. So I'm I'm sending in that 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 same image. I want all of you to please begin to send the light to um, chip away and neutralize the belief systems, the the uh, the self-identities, the workarounds. These are, this is a coping style. Uh, and I do see, thank you all, I see a ton of light moving to address 
this barrier, so to speak. And while you guys are all working on the barrier, I'm going to go in with the symbolic snakes inside and just begin to send um, divine courage. Now, this isn't divine courage to get them to kill more people, okay? Please, let's be clear about that. This is divine courage because, remember, it only works in the highest ideal, only never going to hurt or harm the, pe- the people we're sending it to or or cause them to hurt or harm anybody else because of it. It is an energy to give them courage to be vulnerable, courage to look outside of this box that they've created themselves, courage to become more self-aware, to look at the bigger picture, so to speak, and maybe the courage simply to question, to question their belief system, to question the ethics and the morality and everything that they've been taught and uh that they're holding on to like uh, they're holding on to it for dear life. And I want this divine courage to begin to loosen that grip, to begin to loosen the grip and allow them to see, hey, if they just let one hand go, you know, the sky doesn't fall in. As a matter of fact, now that they have a free hand from that grip, the free hand enables them to expand their lives add value, and experience different things. This is all symbolically, of course. So we want, and we want that rope, that symbolic rope that they're holding onto that symbolizes the belief systems. We want that rope, please, to become a a rope of light, a rope of, I I see gold light there, so that the, the rope itself, Is, is changing and it's changing their grip. I'm not sure exactly, but it does feel effective. Um, and I'm seeing, I'm actually starting to see the snakes sort of sit up. Um, not exactly like people, but they're becoming, it's like they're opening, they're, they're, they're moving off of the ground and moving to expand their viewpoint, expand their vision. So, I mean, it's a silly image, maybe. Uh, and the light you all are sending to the that external barrier is, is unbelievable. It has practically dissolved it totally. And some of the light, there are holes in it, so some of the light is moving in, and these creatures, which really are not really snakes, but these symbolic creatures are now seeing the light. And they're taking it in, some of them for the first time, in a long time, maybe ever, but I don't think so. I think that they've just gotten so entrenched in this one type of pattern that they've moved away and moved off of some of those other flows that have that go on in our lives as we evolve uh, in that huge <laughs> picture, that huge fabric of our lives. It's as if this has become the dominant theme right now, and this is the one they've been dealing with. So I I do see some shifting now, and um, wow, thank you, thank you, everyone, because I I honestly am so heartened by what's going on. Uh, I'm getting the change in the symbol, which has been my goal all along. Okay. Well, the interesting thing is it's not only lighting on on the 
platform and bringing the light to these, you know, snake characters that are now something different. But I see the light uh, permeating the symbolic outer wheel around the platform. It's so exciting because I see the light, which means something about those on the platform, those specific ones that we were working on, and who knows exactly who they were. Once they shifted, that shift fed all the other ones around. I mean, we hear all the time that if one person takes a step forward, everybody else, it it pulls along everybody else. And we hear it, but I'm seeing it in action. It is absolutely permeating the outer rim of enormous amount of people. It's permeating and helping to heal the totality of the this um, this half or this side of the coin. I want to immediately take advantage of this and infuse this with divine love and divine forgiveness. Now, again... This is the victimizer side, the terrorist side, okay? That, when I infuse self-love and self-forgiveness, it is not about getting them off the hook and they don't, anybody who is playing out of that role doesn't need to have the consequences of playing out that role. It doesn't mean that at all. It enables them to heal the pattern or at least begin to heal the pattern at the soul level so they don't either continue the pattern in this life or bring it back in another life or maybe teach it to their children. It helps heal the pattern in general. which And so that helps the whole planet. It helps us bring those individuals to the table to you know open up discussions to open up possibilities how it's going to actually show up in the outer reality i have no idea i mean and i would have no idea how this could be tracked but my sense is there's been a shift here it's a powerful shift and it feels like doors are going to open windows are going to open cracks are going to come in light is going to start to penetrate it 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 feels uh, the, the shift may be very small, may be very subtle, maybe in one little area, not the others, maybe in a bunch of areas over here and nothing in the, you know, I don't know, but it is powerful what's going on. Okay, so let me just, before I go back to the victim table or platform, let me just check the symbols. And I do feel the development of the the evolutionary development i don't mean real evolutionary development but on the, the symbolic development that there is more um that the animals they're no longer snakes i cannot tell you what kind of animals they are but they are still small and but they are um it's as if there's a different kind of community here um you know how maybe rabbits would have a big family community kind of thing. It's as if those kind of communities are gaining in importance. And so I see sort of groupings of animals on this platform. Of course, remember, it is it doesn't mean that these terrorists uh, are animals, okay? It just simply means symbolically that it's as if 
the community of family is moving more into place. The sensitivity of families, of understanding and, and, and maybe empathizing more. There's more empathy here because of this, this bringing in of families. So it's, it's just an interesting shift. Again, there's still rather, you know, it's just the beginning of a few, you know, first steps, but it feels really good to me. Now, I want to go back to the victim platform. And what I'm seeing here is that the the suffering pattern of the victims is beginning to shift and beginning to be dissolved. All that suffering, because these these individuals that are on the um, platform, uh, the, the victim platform, have suffered so much. And the suffering has been dissolved, and it's as if instead of having the total focus on their suffering, the focus is expanded. And now they're beginning, just like on the other platform, to to view the world, to view their lives, to view their souls. Now, many of the victims are dead, but... Some of the victims are still alive. But there's an expansion of viewpoint. And even if they've died, that expansion of viewpoint is actually um, happening on the other side, So, which is important. Whether it happens in body or out, it's important. We want the expansion of viewpoint. They're beginning to notice other things instead of just seeing that dark box or just seeing that 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 place where feeling of, of worthlessness and they just want to snuff themselves out, that is expanding. And there's like the possibilities that there's more to life. There's more to uh, to see, more to enjoy, more to experience. And that even the possibility I'm seeing that there's value here, that there's value here and that there's no, no need to snuff themselves out, which they can't do anyway. There's no soul is ever lost. Um, it's part of the whole. And so we just want to, I, I really want to send in now divine love, divine courage again, divine strength, divine expanded perception and clarity of vision, hope, divine joy, Divine forgiveness, I don't know if I said that, but divine forgiveness, that, that's a really important one. And I want to put it in the other side, too. And if I have, have already, let's just put it in again. It, it's just really important because self-forgiveness is a key player in the ability for us to move forward out of these patterns. It isn't about forgiveness from anybody else or anything else. It's about self-forgiveness. And the more we feel terrible about ourselves, the harder it is to forgive ourselves. So as we release the, the negative viewpoints, the negative judgments, the negative um, beliefs and self-identities we have about ourselves, the more we can allow in that divine forgiveness, which carries that proper self-forgiveness. So it, it comes in, the, the ability to forgive yourself when we place the divine energy there as we we dissolve the layers of uh, negative viewpoints about ourselves we we don't have to force forgiving ourselves just at some point we 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 start to think 
well, gee, I'm not that bad, am I? You know, and we just slowly but surely, those new perspectives on the self begin to be felt. Even though I have talked very much upon the extreme patterns and the very deep, dark issues that both sides have carried, I want everybody to understand that these souls have had good lives. They've had some happy times. They've had some joyful times. They've had love. They've had a lot of that kind of thing. Um, But that's not what I'm here to heal. I'm here to heal those patterns that have locked them into some painful, difficult places. And so that's what we're addressing. Remember, we have all sorts of flows in this gigantic wall or picture or fabric of a thousand ten or ten thousand lives, however you want to look at it. We have many flows, many weaves, many decoration, so to speak. If you look at it as a carpet, we have much woven into the life patterns of the soul. And so even though I ignore it, so to speak, I don't really ignore it, but even though I don't focus on it, those wonderful times, those good feelings that these souls have about themselves, they aren't in the forefront in these patterns. Now, the creative life force energy that I brought in or that we moved into within the originating source is building on with all of the souls, those good elements the souls also carry. It's bringing in the empowerment, um, giving birth to at a higher level, each and every soul to help them move out of the pattern, take the steps out of these two patterns to begin to find their worth, to find their purity, to understand they um, that it isn't about uh, good and bad, just and unjust. It isn't about um, comparing ourselves to anyone else. It isn't about any of that stuff, and I, I don't want to rehash everything I said. What it's about is to discover the worth and the value and the beauty that they carry each and every soul carries and to empower that and to move, take the steps toward becoming more and more of who we truly are instead of being run ragged by our belief systems and our patterns from eons of time and eons of experiences. Okay, let me just see. I want to just see if the victim side if the light from the that was gained on the platform has been sent out to the surrounding uh, circle. And I do feel that the light is permeating out there. I didn't get such a huge sense of it as I did with the other one, the uh, victimizer one. But I do see it. I do feel it's, it's more gentle somehow. The one on the... The victimizer side, because once the everybody's light helped break through that wall, it was so intense that it kind of just blew not only through and in through and around all the ones on the platform, but just had enough momentum, so to speak, to move into and permeate all of the those around it. This is more gentle. This is sort of more of a slow permeating, slow merging into 
those people around. Now, I just want to see... There is, um, there's definitely abuse issues here on this side. Uh, I have worked on abuse and, and other shows. It's come up in a lot of healings. And so I'm not going to go into it. It's been a really intense uh, session already. But I do see this, this would be tied into what, another pattern, um, another flow, another part of the weave of this throughout the uh, the soul that um, that carries that abuse pattern. It, it's tied. These patterns are all, so many of them are connected to other patterns, and I want to keep reminding you of the complexity. So when we've worked on shame in one pattern, it can help alleviate the shame that's carried in another pattern. And that's why working on patterns that we can't even relate to at the conscious level we may not carry it very intensely in this life, so we can't really relate to it, but it is so valuable to work on it anyway because we might have the elements of that pattern in some other pattern, in some other weave. And so there is definitely abuse issues here and abuser issues on the other side. Again, we've been on both sides. I just want to check with a higher self to see... Okay, what they're indicating to me is if <clears throat> you, in general, the, the souls that are on one side or the other have in general played out more uh, or more intensely on one side or the other. So in fact, and when I said earlier that we're probably on both sides, we've experienced both sides, but if we're more heavily involved as, uh, and have more heavy a victim pattern, we would have been on the victim side. If we carry more of the, you know, more heavily the victimizer side, we would have been on that. Again, we have been both. And we're often both, even when within the same life, maybe we haven't killed anyone or been killed, but in smaller, more gentle, more, uh, not gentle, because I don't know that it's ever really gentle, but less intense ways, we have been both the victim and the victimizer. Number one way, which I talk about in a lot of shows, whenever we blame somebody, we're the victim. And when we get blamed, we become the victimizer. Because when we blame, we're giving the responsibility for what happened to us, how we feel, whatever it is we're blaming somebody else for or something else for. We put that right on to somebody else and they become the victimizer. If we're the victim, they're the victimizer. So... In just that way, and then when somebody blames us, we become the victimizer. So even if we've not been in a life where we've had a lot of victim patterns or we haven't been abused at all or we haven't done the opposite to somebody else, um, blame is part of every life. And so we have been involved in the blame game, either been the blamer or the blamee, however you want to say it. So... So that's the higher self we're indicating to me that, you know, due to the nature of the, the enormity of this healing today, they, um, the souls were, 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 they chose, each of us chose which side to be on. Okay. So the, um, but it doesn't mean that if I did the healing tomorrow, we might all switch sides. Okay. 
But for today, the soul chose, and for the most part, it's because it's a one of the other patterns, even though they have so many similar underpinnings, one of the other patterns would we be, be able to relate to uh, more than the other. Okay. So let me see how the, okay, the higher self, instead of me seeing individuals get wrapped in the cocoon of energy, what I'm seeing is the whole grouping. So the entire group, um, each each of the two groups is getting individual cocoons, but I'm seeing it as one huge cocoon. It's almost as if everybody's in, in it together. So it's a it's not a bad image, and same with the <coughs> the victims. Same with the ones involved in the victim patterns. I do see individual cocoons going around everybody on the outer rim, uh, the one that carries all the listeners, past, present, and future. We are all getting our individual um, cocoons, and there has been a lot of work done. I do see. Uh, I have, I'm getting indicators that there's been a lot of work, even though I didn't focus on any of the listeners. There's enough listeners that do become active participants, not only to help the current healing, what's ever going on, but also to actively release themselves. So there have been plenty of that going on. And so, <clears throat> and the higher selves have been helping process, especially some listeners that may be new and maybe don't, uh, seem like they get it, but they're also releasing. So there are there are definitely um, cocoons around each person on the outer rim. And the... Okay. What time is it getting to be? Oh my gosh. Almost coming to the end. What's... Uh, I had no idea. What's happening now, though, and I have to at least share this with you, is that it's as if all this powerful energy that we've been generating has been, it's almost as if it's surrounding the planet. All the individuals are returning to their individual symbolic locations. And all of the energies are being, are surrounding the planet. And I feel very strongly that a lot of the light is has moved into the astral. Now, I've talked about the astral Many um, over many sessions in the past, I don't bring it in in every healing. It's just there's only so much I can do on a one radio show. But I do feel that this a lot of these energies are now addressing the astral, the astral victims and the astral victimizers, and all of the the issues, the the, the beliefs, the um, the feelings, the despair, the everything. Revent everything, all of these issues that we found and the two part, sides of the coin are being addressed in this astral and the higher selves. And I just want everyone to consciously send as much light in into the astral and to help with this healing. And a lot of the issues are held in some of the darkest levels of the astral, that bottom savage level and and one or two levels above. And the vengeance is a big part here and hate and war and killing and all of that. And we've worked on that before. Uh, I've worked on it a lot over the years. We're just sending more in and helping it even more. It's, it's not like it hasn't changed. It has definitely changed since the time I first started working with the astral. It was black, 
really terrible, but it really is shifted now. It, but it still needs help. We want to neutralize as much as we can because remember, on a moment-to-moment basis, all the thoughts of all humanities are reinforcing the astral moment-to-moment-to-moment. And some of those thoughts are not positive. They can be very, uh, very dark, very... Um, very, uh, very, very, very negative thoughts. So we're we're neutralizing and we're continuing to help keep that neutral that that astral to continue to get it to move uh, into a lighter and lighter, um, you know, less and less dense, less and less negative. And this is important because remember we walk through the astral all day long, and the astral feeds us and we feed it, and it's a big part of our energetic world that we tend never to pay attention to or rarely. So we want to work on it and so the higher selves are bringing it back. They are indicating to me it's important that you keep the awareness that the astral also needs to be healed. Even if I don't talk about it each week, it it needs to be healed. It needs to be brought into our consciousness that the thoughts of humanities from all time on this planet have a lot of magnetic pull. And even though we have neutralized a lot and it's uh, much better than it used to be, we still need to focus on it and send the light in. So this was a good exercise, a good time to do it, because we have a lot of light present with the pure soul essence of billions of people. So, okay, with that, uh, I'm getting the thumbs up from the higher selves. They are closing down the forever now moment. And... um, with that, the healing is over. I want to say hello to the number that ends in 7268. And I have a feeling that might be Robin's sister. So hello, Susan. Um, in any case, if it's not, I'm, I apologize. Uh, but I'm glad you've been listening a little bit. And I want to especially thank all the listeners everybody who's actively involved in the show because it really helps. I wouldn't be able to have such an expanded healing like we did today without the light from all of you. I wouldn't be able to do it. Oh, I get the caller 7268 has just put on the question mark, but I just want to finish my thanks and then I'll bring her on quickly. Um, I want to to really let you know that your participation, again, it doesn't matter if you listen to the archive shows, adds to the energy and adds to the normity of this kind of healings that I'm doing now. I couldn't do it without you guys. And I really thank you. We're in this together. We're getting the benefit and we're giving the help. It's a two-way street. It is not just, you know, one person doing for somebody else. We all benefit. Okay, I'm now going to, so I'm thank, thank, thank you, and, and, and anyway, I'm going to, because I'm running out of time, I'm going to quickly bring on this caller. So, okay, I put, I put your mic on. Hi. Hi. Hi, can yeah. you hear me? Yes, I can. Is it Susan? Okay. No, this is Diane in Southwest oh, Florida. Diana. I have. Oh, okay. Yes, I, I have you. been on your show before. Yes, I, I remember. I just wanted I to know who it was. Um, I recognize the number, but I got it confused with um, the caller from last week. So anyway, welcome, Diana. Diane, right? So I just wanted to encourage people to re-listen and re-listen because you're pretty much really in-depth. And so if they feel like uh, 
I can't understand this and they go away, I just want to encourage them to keep coming back because you're saying very much what a lot of people need to hear. And I'll let you go because I know you're out of time. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. Yes, you know, on one show you can't give everything out. So if you listen to more shows, it starts to make more sense to you. And that was one of the points that Robin had. She She knew certain things, but it wasn't until a certain point something clicked and she got that bigger picture. Now, she's come to meetup groups. She's had a private session with me. I've done several sh- shows with her. She listens to a lot of shows. Some, it is often that build-up process. So thank you, Diane, for encouraging people. I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I'm sorry I got you confused. <laughs> I'll remember now if you call in again. Okay. Anyway, I'm, okay, so I'm going to say goodbye, and I'm going to take you off mic and finish finish up the show. Okay, thank you so much. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you all my love and appreciation. And, again, if you want to contact me, Janet at JanetRichmond.com or Janet at HigherSelfVoice.com. I forgot to say that in the beginning. Hopefully some of you listened all the way to the end, but I do say it enough, maybe you'll get it. I do want to encourage you to take a look at my book, Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe. It is on Amazon. It's available in print, Kindle, and ebook. It's going to explain in much more detail and many more avenues and elements that I have not been able to explain in all the shows. It's it's really going to answer a lot of questions. It's going to really make sense of a lot of what I say because you're going to get a bigger picture. It's going to make sense of a lot of the way you view the world, a lot of the bigger questions you have, and it gives a lot of hope and actual help to deal with issues that are upsetting for you. I have a couple of personal stories, one fairly large, and I go into it, and it deals with my mom both in life and, and and after she passed away. And it is a very inspiring and heart-lifting so- story, and many of you will be able to relate to it. I'm not alone. <laughs> but you'll see how this soul stuff affects all of us. You're going to get the big picture. You're going to understand that fabric, the fabric of our lives in a bigger way. And you can always write me. You can always ask me questions and uh, and of course, give me comments or requests for healing. That's what I'm here for. So, I, again, it's the show's about done. I want to thank every each and every one of you for being a part of it. And I, I as you know, it's the highlight of my week. It really is, and I appreciate it so much. So, I wish you all a good week, and we'll get together next week. Okay, bye bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.